0: not all thankful for our music this morning leading us in worship. Thank you so much, all of you. Turn, if you will, 17th chapter of Luke. In just a moment, I'll be reading from starting with the 11th verse, Luke chapter 17. One Thanksgiving, a family was seated around their table looking at the annual holiday bird. And from the oldest Down to the youngest, they were going to express their thanks and praise. When they came to the five-year-old in the family, he began looking at the turkey and expressing his thanks for it, saying although he hadn't tasted it, he just knew it was going to be good. After that, he began to thank anyone and everyone who had anything to do with that turkey. He thanked his mom for cooking it, his daddy for buying it. He thanked the checkout person at the store the day they bought the turkey. He thanked the store owner and the truck driver who delivered it. He thanked the farmer who raised it. He thanked the mama and daddy turkey for having this turkey. And after this long list of all he could think of, he kind of whispered, did I leave anyone out? And the seven-year-old brother next to him, a little bit put out with all that had been going on, said, God, to which the youngster very quickly replied, I was about to get to him that would raise the question for us today, did we remember to get to God this week? The follow-up question, will we continue to remember with our thanks our loving God as we move forward from here as well? Most of us are familiar with that traditional Thanksgiving story. William Bradford of Plymouth Rock proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving to celebrate the survival of the pilgrims in their second year in the New World, as well as that abundant harvest they had reaped along with the aid of the Indians. It has been debated if this truly was the first Thanksgiving in 1621 with the pilgrims, because there is a recorded Thanksgiving that took place in Virginia 11 years earlier, but it wasn't for a feast. The winter of 1610 in Jamestown had reduced the number of settlers there down from 400, over 400 down to 60. The survivors prayed for help, not knowing if or when that help might come. And when help did arrive in the form of a ship from England, there were more mouths to feed now and very little more in the way of food and supplies. But yet they held a prayer meeting to thank God. You would think that after seeing so many of their loved ones perish during the harsh conditions, that they might not have felt very thankful. But the opposite was true. They realized how very much they had for which to be thankful. And so it's good and it's fitting that we as Christians also remember that we have very much for which to be thankful. God certainly has been good to every one of us. Someone once said that gratitude is the source of all Christian virtues. And if that's the case, could it be true at least to some extent then that ingratitude just might be the source of some of our faults? When we fail to be genuinely thankful, we begin to take for granted for what God has done and we become filled with some pride The result then is that it becomes more difficult for God to use us. I have always believed and believe strongly that God expects us to use our minds, our abilities, our strengths, certainly our resources to help solve our problems, to conduct ourselves, to meet challenges. But all too often, we do those things without any mention of God in any way. We talked a lot about that last Sunday. There's nothing wrong with anyone feeling good about rising above poverty or harsh conditions or persevering in a non supportive, even threatening environment to make something of themselves. Many have, and they're to be commended for it. But we also need to remember that God is the source for those abilities, those blessings, those good turns. Some people like to point out how they have raised themselves up from their own bootstraps. And what they mean is that they've succeeded in elevating themselves without any outside help whatsoever. What they need to remember is that it's God who provided those bootstraps. James 1.17 still tells us that God is the source of all good things. Not only should we remember that, but it also becomes a part of our witness as we remember to tell others Of how he has worked in our lives as well that's where we ended last sunday for christians every day is a day of thanksgiving stand if you will and follow as i read from the new testament story in the gospel of luke in chapter 17 starting with verse 11. now on his way to jerusalem jesus traveled along the border between samaria and galilee And he was a samaritan. Jesus asked were not all ten cleansed where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him rise and go your faith has made you well. Join me as we pray together. Father, we ask that you would bless this time now as we look to your word for truth, as we look to your word for instruction on how we might better live our lives in thanks and in praise to you. Guide our thoughts now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. In our passage, there were those ten men who met Jesus and had a life-changing experience. And in a very real sense, that is the story of every Christian today. Here is my sermon in one sentence. Like the lepers, we too were outcasts the kingdom of God and on our way to a certain death but then we had a life-changing encounter with Jesus and we should never forget it the old prophet Isaiah said this listen to me you who seek the Lord look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were released in other words look at from where God has brought you Remember what God has done for you. I would challenge you this morning, go back to the time and the place where you first met God personally. Remember that time that you first came to know His mercy. The late gospel singer Andre Crouch gave us these words, take me back, take me back dear Lord to the place where I first received you. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. I feel that I'm so far from you, Lord, but still I hear you calling me. Those simple things that I once knew, their memories are drawing me. I must confess, Lord, I've been blessed, but my soul is not satisfied. Renew my faith, restore my joy, dry my weeping eyes. Take me back where I first believed. Let me give you your homework for today. Last Sunday, I asked you to go back and be sure that you thanked God for your salvation this week. This week, let's make it even more personal. Go back to that time and place where you first came to know Jesus and gave your heart and your life to Him. Remember the setting. You may not remember the date, exact day or date and time, but remember where you were remember who was there perhaps someone who helped guide you in that go back and remember and then write that experience down it might be just a paragraph or two it might be several pages that's entirely up to you but recall it and write it down and then ask god to give you someone to share that story with the significance of our story today is that although 10 lepers were healed, only one returned to give his thanks. There were nine who didn't take the time to say thank you. If we were to try to infer some elemental truth from this, could it be that nine out of 10 people today fail to give thanks in the way that they should? One writer came up with some suggestions as to why the other nine never returned with their thanks. And while these are only suggestions it does shed some light as to how people think today. He said one person waited to see if the cure was real and not just a made-up story. One waited to see if it was going to last. One said he would get back to Jesus later. Another said that he don't think he really had leprosy to start with. One said he probably would have gotten over it all by himself, just give it enough time. One gave credit to the priests. One wasn't really sure that it was Jesus who had helped him. One said he thought he was already starting to feel better that morning anyway. And the last of the nine said he would go back or was going to go back to Jesus to give thanks. But then he decided to just follow the crowd. Does any of that sound like people today? Does any of that sound like Christians today? And Now I have to ask. Does any of that sound like you today? There was that one who returned to Jesus to say thank you. What can we find in this story for us today? Number one in your outline, the leper's condition. Most of us have heard those stories and sermons about the horrors of leprosy. It was a horrible disease and there was not only the pain of the disease itself, but there was Stigma attached to it in so many ways. Mosaic law said that a leper was unclean. They were not fit to enter the area around the tabernacle. They couldn't go to the synagogue for instruction or later the temple for worship. They couldn't live with their families. Numbers 5 tells us that they had to live outside the city. The law also required that they tear their clothes as an outward expression and assign to others of extreme sorrow why because of sin in their lives their faces were to be covered they were to call out unclean anytime anyone came close to them today we have an expression that for those people who are dealing with either a debilitating illness or some physical challenge that those things really do not define them that they are individuals with hopes and dreams Back in ancient times, leprosy very much did define who you were. It wasn't just an illness. There was not a part of you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually that was not defined by leprosy. Their faces were hidden, indicating that there could be no form of intimacy with other people. In Hebrew tradition, the face was seen as the most intimate part of the body. You couldn't truly know a person until you could see their face and they were commanded to keep their faces hidden. When the Jews were commanded to seek the face of God, that meant they were to seek his presence, his pane, have that special close relationship with him. But to be a leper meant that you were isolated and you were a complete outcast. Leprosy was regarded as a disease from which they They knew there was no cure, but they also believed that it was a sign of God's displeasure with them because of sin in their lives. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus on the way to the temple one day about a man that they passed that had been born blind? And they asked if it was his sin, meaning a past life, because the belief in reincarnation had reached its way from the Far East to the Middle East by the first century. They also asked if it was because of the sin of his parents. This also was in the mindset of ancient times. And Jesus used this experience to explain that this uh, was going to be a lesson about God's mercy. And the same is true in our lesson today as well. Note verse 12 says that the lepers were standing far off or some distance away, some similar phrase, depending on your translation. Rabbinic tradition said that they had to remain at least 250 feet away from other people. Now, the reason that I've made so much over describing leprosy is because it is a picture of sin and what Satan wishes to do to each one of us, even today. One Bible dictionary says it this way listen closely. Leprosy was seen as the outward and visible sign of an inner spiritual corruption. Small beginnings, but growing to affect the entire body with a complete corruption, making one totally unfit to enter the presence of a pure and holy God. Like the leper, we too were isolated from true intimacy with God. We were outcasts, We were isolated from that face-to-face experience with God. You know people as I do today, many people around us who are good, moral, upright, ethical people, people with respect, people others just love to be around. And yet, in spite of all these qualities, hear the truth of Romans 8-7 when it says that we were at enmity with God. The word enmity means perpetual enemies the niv says that we were hostile to god just like those lepers we too were outcasts from the kingdom of god we were unclean compared to the righteousness of god we were being destroyed by an incurable tradition and we were destined to die an eternal death number two the lepers cry. In verse 13, as Jesus was about to enter the city, those lepers who were outside the city began to cry out, Master, have mercy on us. That was all they could do. No physician of the day could help them. There was no medicine. There was nothing to to help ease even the pain. They were completely helpless. We like to think that we're sufficient. Even when it comes to dealing with spiritual matters, we like to think that we can take care of things. But the truth is, we too were helpless to stand before God. The Bible says that we were condemned by sin. But thank God again, Romans 5, 6 says that even we were without strength, Christ died for us. And the word that's used for strength there is more than just being weak or lacking or not as strong. The word that's used used there means to be totally helpless, like those lepers. We too, we're helpless to do anything about our condition. And so all we can do is cry out for God's mercy. Verse 13, the word for mercy is elaeo, And the way it's used in this case, it simply means not getting what we deserve. In the ancient mindset, in their limited view of God, meaning before the New Testament view of grace, in their minds, they believed that they were getting exactly what they deserved. They didn't like it, but they would have had to admit, everyone, they were getting what, God, what they deserved from God in their minds. Leprosy was a sign of God's judgment against them for sin. They longed to be released from that. And so they were calling out to the one and only who could do something about it. Their only hope, and rightfully so, was placed on the one true source of mercy, God Himself in the person of Jesus. Thank God today for the gift that has released us from what we deserve. Andre Crouch. Also, gave us these words How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, and yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to Thee. To God be the glory. For the things He has done. With His blood He has saved me. With His power He has raised me. Just let me live my life. Let it be pleasing, Lord, to Thee. And if I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. To God be the glory for the great things He has done. From time to time I give you verses and suggest that you use a sticky note or a Print them on a little slip of paper and tape them to your mirror. or Put them on your refrigerator, your bedside, somewhere where you'll see it often. I know some of you are saying, Pastor, I can't much see in that mirror anymore. But uh, jot down, if you will, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It's another one of those verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, one leper's celebration. We're told that as they began their journey to go show themselves to the priests, that they were cleansed. The significance for us today is that one reacted differently from the other nine. The Bible says that he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And in the very same sentence says, he began praising God. He came back to Jesus because he knew where that healing came from, and he fell at the feet of Jesus to give him his thanks. Now, why did this one react differently? What was different about him than the other nine? I believe it centers around gratitude. There are two thoughts for us here. First of all, the Bible says when he saw that he was healed, the word is eido which simply means to perceive or to look with deep understanding. This one took notice that he had been truly blessed by God. They all saw the healing, no question. He saw the source. Do we really perceive the ways God has blessed us? Satan will do all he can to keep our minds off of how God blesses us. He'll try to remind us of how bad things are, He'll try to remind us of how terrible life is, how unfair life is. Do we really want God to be uh, fair with us? Do we really want God to be fair? A mother once approached Napoleon, seeking a pardon for her son. The general replied that he had committed the same crime twice and that justice demanded death. And she said, I don't ask for justice. I plead for mercy. Napoleon said, he doesn't deserve mercy. And the mom said, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is what I ask for. Napoleon said, I will have mercy. And he spared the boy's life. Do we really want God to give us what we deserve? Or do we want his mercy? I encourage you today. To realize what God has given you in terms of eternal and abundant life and thank Him for it. I said there were two points to this man's gratitude. First, he saw the source. And the second is this. When he was healed, he turned around. Jesus told him and the others to go and show themselves to the priests which would have been required in order to prove what had taken place and be able to restore them back To society, And I think that uh, this man delayed that process when he turned back to Jesus. I believe he fully intended to go and do what Jesus told him to because he knew he had to. That was the only way that he would be welcomed back to his family, to the synagogue, the temple, the community, society as a whole. The priest had to declare him clean. And as important as that was culturally and personally, I think that he knew that there was a higher calling placed on his life. And that was to come back to Jesus and say thank you. The lesson for us is this. If all we do in life is not based on gratitude, our obedience just becomes another job to do. Another responsibility to keep. And it loses its meaning. This man realized how very important it was to live his life now to the praise and to the glory of God. And he demonstrated that by going back and humbling himself, submitting himself at the feet of Jesus. He had longed for the touch of another human being, but he delayed it just a little while longer to go back and embrace the feet of Jesus of Jesus, and say, I will live for you. I would ask you today, how evident is your gratitude to God? How evident is it? A man was visiting in the home of one of his children and grandchildren. Distance had kept them from visiting very often, and so the man was getting to know his youngest granddaughter as they warmed up to each other. She began bringing out all of her dolls to meet their great granddaddy. There were big ones and little ones and there were ones representing all different ages from newborn to a little bit older. And when the the room was filled with all these dolls, granddad asked the little girl, so tell me, which one is your favorite? She hung her head. She hesitated a moment. And then she said do you promise you won't laugh and he said i I won't laugh so she went to her room and came back out this time with the most tattered broken worn out dirty doll he had ever seen all of the hair was missing the nose had cracked and was broken off an arm was cracked and just hanging inside the clothes I found her on the side of the road, she said. And as she began to stroke that little baby, she said she was hurt and she was lost. Granddad asked, so tell me, why do you love her the most? And she said, because she needs it the most. No one else loved her, so I had to. Nobody loved those lepers on the side of the road that day until Jesus came to them on the side of the road. He loved every one of them, but only one said thank you. This year, let's do better. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story, which may not follow a traditional thanksgiving theme it may not be what we think it should be but yet what a lesson for us father we must simply ask you to forgive us for the times that we fail to give you our thanks there are times that we might even use the words but we fail to show you and so father help us this year to do better continue to remind us of your goodness Continue to give us those opportunities to share the story of your goodness to us, of bringing us salvation, and of giving us life abundant and eternal. Bless us, Father, as we seek your will in every way. Simply help us to say thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.